Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So this is why the horse collar tackle, as it's called, is so dangerous. And yes, you know, it's unfortunate that Devin White, just trying to run down Jameis Winston, grabbed him by the nameplate. That's the area, uh, of course, in the back of the shoulder pads. You don't have to actually... You know, grab a player by the collar from behind and tackle him. It's just called a horse collar, but anywhere around the nameplate and up is uh, is considered that. And when he did, you know, Jameis's knee buckled behind him, and that's that's the fear of this injury. That's why they've outlawed this tackle. And it turns out that he suffered what we feared a season-ending ACL tear, some MCL damage as well. This is a significant injury. His season obviously is over, uh, and it, it's just you know. It's disappointing. It's disappointing for him. Certainly, the New Orleans Saints are, you know, going to have to find a way to survive without him. Whether it's Taysom Hill or, um, you know, certainly they <laughs> they did okay with their number three quarterback, so that's not a problem. But, um, but you know, it, it's just a reminder of why these rules are in there. And and I think for Jameis's standpoint, um, I think he's been sort of cheating the hangman for a long time. And and what I mean by that is, you know, he's always been a guy that would extend plays heroically. I mean, some of his best plays of his career were broken plays, getting outside the pocket, launching the ball. How many times do we see him just, you know, throw opportunity balls to Mike Evans, you know, 60 yards down the field? And and Mike would go up and make plays. And, and that's great when they work. But as a quarterback of an NFL team, when they rely on you so much, you know, you can't expose yourself to injury. And I, I remember talking to Tom Brady this year, and he was saying how, you know, he had his ACL injury pretty early on in his career. I think it was like second or third year, something like that. Um, maybe it was a little later. I mean, it was like, oh, maybe it was much later, actually. It might have been like 08 season. I think it but was. It was right after the, the perfect season or the perfect regular season. That's correct. Yeah, year, that's 08. correct. Yes. So it was 08. So he had this injury, and, and it was early in the season, his first game of the year, I think. Um, and he said after that, he came to realize, uh, and he says this all the time, he goes, I would rather lose games, lose games, than be injured and be out for a season and lose a whole season. You know, And, and so he says, like, you know, if there's any chance for me to avoid contact, avoid big hits, a sack, that sort of thing, he goes, I'm going to do it because even if I have to make – you know, a play that doesn't help us, at least I know the next week I can be in a lineup and I'm not going to take those hits. And I think that's what Jameis will learn from this. Um, tragically, a lot of times it takes something like that for you to, to see the big picture. Um, just, you know, he, he fought his way out of a sack, which, you know, in retrospect probably should have just folded up and taken the sack. But then when he did and he got outside the pocket, there was nothing there. And he's rolling to his left, just throw the ball out of bounds. Just get rid of it before somebody can run you down. And, of course, he runs a five flat. Devin White runs about a four four five. So, eventually, he horse-collared him, and now he's done for the year. And, you know, it's it's just it's, it's tragic. But it's also 
one of those plays, um, which is why, you know, they've outlawed it. And also, and it can be for any position, but they're trying to protect quarterbacks especially. Mm-hmm. And so that got us on the subject um, with Bruce Arians because of all these penalties, you know, 11 penalties, 99 yards, many of those on the quarterback. I mean, they had, in addition, you know, to the horse, horse collar, uh, Devin White had a roughing the passer penalty, followed by William Golston's roughing the passer penalty, which negated the interception in the end zone by Antoine Winfield Jr., who was eating W's while they were dropping the flag. And it was really interesting on Monday when we talked to, to B.A., because I, I didn't know what to expect. You know, on that play uh, where Golston gets to roughing the passer penalty, I mean, basically, you know, the offensive lineman pushes his helmet off. I mean, he's helmetless when he hits the guy. And that's because, you know, it should have been hands to the face or offsetting penalties, some kind of some kind of justification like that. But they didn't get the call. But B.A. didn't complain about it. You know, what, what, what he said was pretty shocking in, in a way. He said, first of all, he goes, you know, you got to play within the rules. You know, you know what the rules are. You can't hit the quarterback up high. If you do it, they're going to call it. You can't hit them late. You certainly can't horse collar them. And here's the worst of it. So all week long, they had told their team, you know, we got to be careful around the quarterback. And the reason they told them that was they learned, as every team does pretty early in the week, who the referee was going to be. And it was Cleet Blakeman. And Cleet Blakeman's one of the best referees in football. I mean, in, as they rank these guys, he's done several Super Bowls, and that's a high honor um, for an NFL referee. But the one thing he does, and, and they scout these crews, is that him and his crew protect the quarterback. If you get near that quarterback and don't hit him in the right zone or you you know put your body weight on him or you do all these new rules that they have to protect the guy, he's going to drop the flag. That's his thing. His thing is... I'm protecting the guys. I'm protecting the quarterbacks. And so even knowing that, they got all these penalties and late hits. And unfortunately, one, I know he's just trying to run him down and make a play, but unfortunately one of those ends up landing Jameis Winston on on uh, the IR. It does. And, and look, I, I know some people don't like and they think the quarterback is too soft at this point, but mm-hmm. that's your ball game, folks. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. lose your quarterback and your season's generally done. Right. Uh, you know, barring Mike White or Trevor Simeon or whoever coming in, but that's a game. I mean, can they do it for a season? Um, you know, the quarterbacks mean too much to these teams. And and right. uh, and I'll go back to what Brady said. And and we all know it's true, we all agree. But that's easier said than done. I mean, Brady learned that lesson after he won 3 Super Bowls. That's true. It's yeah. a lot easier to say I'm going to go ahead and I'd rather lose games than than, than when try to make when, a play. When you're Jameis Winston on your second team and you're still fighting for your job, absolutely, essentially. Absolutely. It's a lot it's a lot harder to just go, I'm gonna throw this away. And True. And, and not saying he shouldn't have, because he should have. Yeah. But it's a lot easier as Tom Brady says it after winning three Super Bowls and going through a perfect mm-hmm. season they just lost the Super Bowl the year before. Yeah. Than Jameis Winston, who was the number one overall draft pick and and you know, saw his his team get rid of him and then go win a Super Bowl. And you're trying to stick on with the Saints with Taysom Hill behind you and that. Yeah, you're holding on to your job. You're not mm-hmm. an established even though you're the starter and you you know you've had a good year and, and you know he finished with 14 touchdowns and three interceptions and a 4 and 2 record, you still haven't been given the keys to the kingdom, you know. At, at any point they could turn to another quarterback or 
after this year they could get rid of you and you know sign somebody totally different. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he he is trying to do that. But I will say that because I've watched him for so many years, the one big fault of Jameson, and it's like, you know, on the one hand, you love a guy that'll fight you. You love a guy that is mm-hmm. so competitive, he'll do anything to win. But on the other hand, you know, he he's never understood sort of when the journey is over, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think as a quarterback, you have to know that. I think you need a clock in your head. Um, now, now he did a better job with it protecting the ball. You know, I've seen him sail balls out of bounds and 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 that sort of thing. You know, instead of trying to fit it in down the field, and and so that that has resonated with him. But I but I I think this was almost inevitable. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, he was going to try to do. You know, ex- he's going to expose himself to a big hit or well, a bad hit. And it would have been one thing if it was the fourth quarter in a tight game, right? This right. is the first quarter. I mean, there's there's that That's part of the scenario great too. Part of, of great point. You know, I mean, Tom Brady in the fourth quarter may just say, "I'll take the loss and and live to see another day." But Jameis Winston, mm-hmm. knowing. You know he's still fighting for his job and try to keep a starter mm-hmm. and trying to get the keys to the kingdom. Yeah, but it's the first quarter, right? And, you know you weren't. It's not late in the game when you you know need it's that. Not the final drive. It's it, not exactly. You know, I'm behind and I have to have to bring us back. It, it's seven seven, and, and you're playing well. And that's where you'd like to see Jameis continue to grow. And and there's other quarterbacks too that you know it's understanding that situation of when to do that and when not to. I mean there's right. you know. You probably don't want to expose it in general, but there are times where you go, you know what? I, I need this yard. This game's too important. I've got to get this. It's you know two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Okay, mm-hmm. you can justify that a lot more. Sure, and, and there are guys that have just you know even though they're they, they so are so called mobile quarterbacks or guys that can extend plays. They're you know the the one that I think does as good a job with it, and he's ironically he's injured now because he got a pin put in his finger but Russell Wilson has always been that guy for me like Russell Wilson has mobility um can move in and out of the pocket can extend plays but when he does he is he is merely looking to throw the ball down the field he's very accurate when he does it um but he will throw it out of bounds he he tries not to run for you know for yards without protecting himself either sliding uh or getting out of bounds um so for a guy that can move slide around the pocket make plays with his feet he he's as good as as I've seen in avoiding those collisions. You know that that over time can get you. And I I think it's also you know that you make a great point. Like you know understand where you are in the game. You know I mean sort of situational football. Like you know we're in a seven seven game. I've got three quarters, three and a half quarters to go. This one play um, is not going to win or lose the game. But I can't I can't put myself in harm's way like this. And and again, he didn't know obviously that you know Devin White was going to drag him down from behind, and you know the the horse collar action of that would get his leg caught up in the turf and his artificial surf. I mean, there's so many different factors about it. Um, but you know that that's the sort of penalty um, and the roughing the passers, man. That, that that it's it's pretty interesting that Arians literally told them, "Hey, this officiating crew, you have to." You know, you you got to be careful with the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Around the quarterback, you got to be very careful. And it didn't seem to resonate. It, I mean, they talked about it all week. And, you know, B.A. was asked, you know, sort of the way the rules have changed that, you know, he, he obviously has coached 40 years and played the position. Um, and he was asked if he thought that, you know, the pendulum had swung too far. 
uh, and there's too much protection for quarterbacks. And he said, no. He says, they're the game. Where, where are we going to be in this game without the quarterbacks? It was a great answer, and he's right. Well, I mean, just, just look right. at just look at the team two years ago to last year. Right, the quarterback was everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there were some other players too, but I mean, you know, Tom yeah. Brady was the biggest difference in in no question. not making the playoffs for twelve years mm-hmm. to winning a Super Bowl. And uh, I'll say this: like, you know, your product, right, um, for any team and for the league itself. Is is much better if those guys are playing than if they're all out. I mean, you you can't lose these guys that are your franchises. You know, I mean, they make the most money. They're the highest draft picks. They're generally in the commercials. They're the face of your team. They can't be on IR for the year. I mean, that just kills your team. It kills your fans. Um, you know, so few teams actually have a guy that can win consistently. You sure as heck don't want to lose one of them, but. You know, it, it it just it changes everything, and and you know I know that they're going to go forward with Trevor Simeon. First of all, hats off to Sean Payton. I mean, I'm going back and I'm watching some of the highlights of this game, and you know, you got to understand how great Sean Payton is as a coach. And you know, he, I mean, in the last three years, I don't know what it is something like thirteen and four, thirteen and three, with quarterbacks not named Drew Brees. I mean, I've seen him beat the Bucks with Teddy Bridgewater. Taysom Hill. I mean, they just played a game with Jameis and Trevor Simeon, and they didn't blink. And it's remarkable. That is one of the hardest things to do, you know, is is to continue on and have your team respond to whoever you have in the huddle because you're such a good game, you know, you know, play caller, and you develop these guys. I mean, I'd forgotten Trevor Simeon was even in the league, <laughs> and he was their third quarterback because Taysom Hill's hurt. And so, you know, there was talk about people were like, well, you know, they got to go sign Cam Newton. Cam Newton be perfect. He's just like you. And you know, the reality is, is like Peyton's like, no, nah, we're we're okay with our quarterback room. We don't need to add anybody because he likes Simeon. And, he, and and Simeon may be the starter or, or he could go to Hill, but Hill's been on IR. So he's going to find a way to do it. He's going to figure it out, you know. And, and when you consider, this was the other thing that was shocking to me. I saw a st- stat. And and it really they amped it up when Simeon came in the game. Todd Bowles blitzed twenty two times in that game. You know how many quarterback hits he got? Zero. I think Whoa. it was the fewest since like two thousand and eighteen or something like that, or Whoa. sixteen. Yeah, twenty two blitzes and they didn't get home. They didn't get home. And and you know, Simeon came in and was immediately blitzed. You could see Bowles just said, I'm going after him. Let's see how he handles this handled it just fine with no reps in practice you know very difficult thing to do to come off the bench cold and face that sort of pressure so they did a good job man it was uh it was impressive but Bruce Arians is you know and I was going back on let me just say this Bucks Twitter this week today in particular did these folks forget that they went 12 seasons without going to the playoffs (laughs) 12 seasons they were six and one, which the last time I checked, um, let me see. Oh yeah, the greatest start in franchise history, six and one. They lose a game to the Saints, which they actually took the lead with about five minutes to play on a fifty-yard touchdown pass to a guy named Cyril Grayson, and the defense can't hold, and they get the ball back, needing a field goal, and he throws, you know, Brady throws a pick. These people lost their minds. They want to get rid of everybody. 
including the coaches. I shouldn't say all of them. Some people do. The vocal, you know, village idiots. The Twitter mobs. <laughs> yeah. Twitter, yeah, the Twitter heroes. I was go- I, and it, it, just, it's, it just slays me every time. It's just like, wow, you people really got spoiled fast. It's going to be a hard fall when Tom Brady announces one day, probably in a year or so, that his career is over. He's going to sign a one-day contract with the Patriots, and his retirement press conference will be in New England, folks, not in Tampa. Okay? And, and then you're going to wake up and go, who we got? Kyle Trask? <laughs> we could win with Kyle Trask. <laughs> okay. All right. And nothing against Kyle Trask, but uh, it's going to be a hard fall. A hard fall for this fan base. It, it, enjoy it. And, and that's what we've yeah, said all exactly. along is, you know, you don't get these quarterbacks every day. I mean, teams spend decades looking for a quarterback. The Bucks mm-hmm. have spent their whole franchise history looking for a quarterback like this. Yeah. You know, I mean, they won the Super Bowl back in 02, but that was really the defense. Right. Brad Johnson. Yeah. You know, how many teams have never had a quarterback like this? You know, what's well, the, the, Brown, the Browns starting quarterback roster? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, the, the whole joke, and, you know, Baker's pretty good, but is he really that level? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. If, I don't think we know yet. I mean, I, you start to go, I'm not sure anymore. Right. And they got to make a decision because they got to, you know, extend them or not. Yeah, I mean, there's always, you know, and there's very few celebrity, obviously, there's very few Peyton Mannings and Tom Brady's, and there's only one Tom Brady, and the Bucks are fortunate enough to get him even in the end of his career, and he's still really damn good, but there's no, it's undeniable that the Saints have his number. I mean, it's undeniable, like, he, he's what, he two and not, four against Sean Payton? Two and four against Payton, and he lost three games in a row to the same team for the first time since, like, I don't know, that happened with the Denver Broncos, but it was like over a period of like three or four years. It was like from like, I don't know, 07, 09 or something like that. But he had not lost three games in a row to the same franchise. I mean, his numbers are so stupid. He was such He's such a winner that, you know, when you see these things. But, you know, we said this last night. I mean, seven out of his 17 interceptions since mm-hmm. he's been a buck have come against that one team, come against New Orleans. You know, so they they obviously, you know, a lot of a lot of teams talk about, you know, well, you know, you got to hit them and you got to pressure inside and you, you know, got to make them feel you early. And everybody talks that way because that's obviously what you want to do. No one's been able to really consistently do it for twenty one years. The Saints do it. The Saints find a way to do it. And you know they they have forced those interceptions. They got a sack fumble. Um, they hit them a lot. Certainly they sacked him at the end of the game as well. So, you know, they, they've got great players at every level. You know, that's that's their key. Their key is they got Pro Bowl players everywhere. And, you know, they're a big heavy team that gets under your skin and the Bucks take the cheese every time. And that's the other thing they talked about is say, hey, guys, we can't have these needless penalties. We can't have, you know, stuff like Devin White was involved in for with taunting. You know, Mark Ingram is known, known to be a smack talker. I mean, all he does is talk trash, you know, and he's going to bring energy to that huddle and before, during, and after the play. So what does Devin White do, you know? And they talked about it. And I'm sorry, but, like, people are like, well, it's the coaches. It starts with the coach. There's not a coach in football, Pee Wee, Little League, high school, you know, you name it, 
that doesn't tell their players, guys, we can't have penalties. We can't hurt ourselves. We can't beat ourselves. We we can't have pre-snap penalties. We have to watch the football. We can't jump off sides. We can't have false starts. We especially can't, you know, get in the guy's face and do stuff out of bounds and that kind of stuff. So what are you to do if you're a head coach? You know, what what can you do if you're, you're constantly telling these players? It's up to the players. I think last year showed that, and that yeah. the Bucks had the same problem the first half of the year. Absolutely. And then finally they got embarrassed in Chicago, mm-hmm. and they started either listening or paying attention or just got sick of being embarrassed. That's And, and knowing that those penalties cost them a game. It did yeah, in New Orleans, themselves. too. Yeah, they beat themselves. No, You can't convince me that the Bucks aren't a better football team, especially without James Winston, but a better football team in general than the New Orleans Saints. They are. Mm-hmm. They just are, even with their injuries to their secondary and all that. They beat themselves. Mm-hmm. And they beat themselves with penalties, and they beat themselves with, you know, um, turnovers, which, you know, is, is another thing that's that's been part of the series. But they're a better football team, and they didn't win. And And to your point, like after the Chicago game, they had the fewest penalties in the league from that point forward. That, they literally went the next game and did not get a flag, which is almost unfathomable, right, that you can mm-hmm. go from – that game to zero penalties, but they can, they did it and they're going to have to do it again. I thought John Romano had a really good column uh, on Monday. You can go read it in the Tampa Bay times and on Tampa Bay.com where he talked about, there was a lot of hubris on the buck that the bucks showed in this game, you know, which just kind of the sort of fake, you know, look at us pride, you know, they're like, you know, we're the, we're the Super Bowl champs and you're not. And, you know, you're not going to push us around anymore. Yeah, we've lost five in a row, but we're going to, you know, and it, it worked against them um, because even though they won the playoff game and that's the one that mattered, and, and I don't care how many NFC South titles Sean Payton wins in a row, if you got it, he would much rather win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's what you play for. You don't play for NFC South titles. You play for Super Bowls. So the Bucks got the one that mattered. They got the big one. And But even having said that, you can't tell me that the Saints aren't in their head. You can't, because in a regular season, these guys own them. They they own them, and it's going to be really tough this year because there's going to be fans. And you can't go on the road, wild card, all this stuff. You're going to have to win your division if you have a chance. Um, and you know now they've kind of put themselves a little bit behind the eight ball. It's still plenty of football left, and they have a half game lead and all that. Um, but that's still six in a row, <laughs> and and the numbers that Tom Brady has are not good. Not good against Sean Payton in in, uh, in that defense, and you know they're going to have to find a way to, to turn it around. So it was just really a lot of candor, I thought, from Bruce Arians, and um, you know just talking about how, and, and he put it on himself too. And, and when I say you make players accountable, I mean it's difficult. Bill Belichick has said this for years. Somebody was like going back and forth, and well, Belichick's teams don't have those penalties. Well, that's probably true, uh, and that's a credit to him. But Belichick has said this: you, you can't win games with stupid players, like like guys that aren't smart. And that's and that's what Arian said that this was stupid what they did. Um, they get you beat, and so at some point, you know, Devin White has to wise up and grow up, and you know that's all that's all part of it, right? But if if he can't, you can't win with guys like that. So he's got a lot of work to do. Boy, it was a busy day. Uh, around the league and some t- tremendously unfortunate injuries. We talked about Winston. Um, how about Derrick Henry for the Titans? Yeah, that, a foot injury. That <laughs> hurts. 
Uh, and they're, they're signing Adrian Peterson. I saw that AP, yeah. which we were talking before the podcast because uh, we looked it up earlier. Uh, it was Greg Linnelli and I before the Lightning game. Adrian Peterson's the fifth leading rusher in NFL history. That's crazy, man. And, and I, I, I'm convinced he's got the hardest handshake of anyone in NFL history. If you've <laughs> you ever shaken that. his hand, no, yeah, and I he won't. Will crush now your I hand. won't. <laughs> I, I know when I was in Minnesota, the Vikings would coach him how to soften his handshake because you know he'd meet sponsors or season ticket members and that, and he'd just crush in their hands because mm-hmm. everybody he shook hands with just crushes them. Like your hand hurts for days. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to shake his hand. <laughs> He um he 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 had some remarkable remarkable years with Minnesota and mm-hmm. other places. Obviously, uh, I'm not sure why he plays. I've been told part of it is for money. So uh, you know, I don't know what his situation is or why he wants to come back. They're going to put him on the practice squad. He obviously hasn't played for a mm-hmm. while. You can get him trying to get him in shape. But he is when you know, we did play, and it's been a while. I think since he's been effective. But you know, he ran for a thousand yards. I think three years ago. With yeah, Washington. Yeah, with the, with the Red, with the, at that time the Washington football team, but he he's he's an inside runner. He's a physical guy. I don't know what his speed is at this point. I, you know, it's a flyer. You know, a lot of people are talking about. Well, they got to trade for a running back, and and here we go with more sort of you know. I, and I understand these NFL insiders have to fill content, right? So I was like, well, here's a list of guys that could be traded before the deadline, and Ronald Jones's name is on every list. And I don't. I asked. We asked again, Bruce Arians. Hey, a lot of speculation. Trade deadline Tuesday at four. You know what about Ronald Jones? And the answer hasn't changed. And I don't think it's going to. Um, There's only one way they're trading Ronald Jones, and that's if you're getting a starting cornerback. Yeah, I mean, and I'm yeah. not even saying you do that, but I mean, the Bucks are all in this year. The draft picks, what are draft yeah. picks, and how? What kind of draft pick are you going to get for a guy that's a free agent after this season? The Bucks have shown you they are all in. They've redone the salary cap. They've pushed money down the road. They are all in, unless trading Ronald Jones gets them something that's going to help them win a Super Bowl this year. It ain't happening. Right. They're using Ronald. If Ronald Jones is sitting on the bench, then maybe, but no, they use him. I mean, he's not mm-hmm. Fournette starting and getting a majority of the carries. Yeah. But they're using Ronald Jones. They're all in this year. They're not trading someone for future draft picks. Right. And, I mean, I think, you know, if anybody remembers, if you've got a short memory, that's a problem. But, like, if you remember mm-hmm. last year, COVID was around. Leonard Fournette was on this team. Leonard Fournette was the guy not getting many carries. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he was a malcontent. And all of a sudden, Ronald Jones gets covid and he misses the last two games. And they turn to Leonard Fournette. Then they go to Washington, and there's like a, you know, some kind of abdominal injury before the game. And that's playoff Lenny is born and Lombardi Lenny is born. Who's to say that couldn't happen in reverse this year? Who's to say that whether it's COVID or an injury, that Ronald Jones ends up being the guy, you know, who's getting all the work and carrying the mail in the postseason and beyond? So. You know the lesson is right in front of us. It just happened. It's just you just changed the names, you know. And yeah, they all they all are all in. I mean, they, you know, if you were to trade Ronald Jones and something happened to Leonard Fournette, you're going to Keyshawn Vaughn. You're going to Giovanni Bernard. I mean, Giovanni Bernard probably isn't going to carry the mail for you. I mean, he's a, certainly a good third down back, and 
Maybe he could help you in a pinch, get through a game or two, but I don't think you want him to be your bell cow, you know? So, you know, it's just, it's a high injury position, high collision. I, I don't know why he would even like entertain that, but boy. And like I said, unless it's addressing a current need, if you think you need a cornerback because of your injury situation and maybe and some guys aren't coming back. So as, good. Well, that's what I say, yeah. a starting corner. Not I'm not talking yeah. a backup. Xavier I'm saying, Howard. Yeah, you know. I'm saying a starting cornerback. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, there's you're all in. You're not yeah. – the, the future – I mean, you always care about the future, but this is about winning a Super Bowl this year. Figure out mm-hmm. the future next year or the year yeah. after that, hopefully. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, there's only really today. I mean, speaking of all in, that's what the uh, Los Angeles Rams tweeted out right after they made the trade for Vaughn Miller. <laughs> oh, man. Think they're loading up a little bit on defense? He's going back to his old college number two, number 40. How about that? Got the okay. Yeah, how about that? We're, uh, yeah, what, 58 at Denver? Yes, but, the, yeah, the Rams definitely all in this year. Yeah, and that's, you don't I go mean, get Matthew Stafford and not go all in. Well, right, and and the thing about the Rams is they're now down to four draft picks for next season. Now they could turn those four into ten or seven or whatever they want to do with it, but they're you know, and 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 listen, I get it. Like, I think draft draft picks. It's interesting because if you have a chance to get a player who you know fits your system or you know can help you now and has mm-hmm. a proven track record, you're not guessing. Like, I know what I'm getting when I trade for Matthew Stafford. I know what I'm getting. Or, right, I can use this first-round pick or trade three first-round picks and take Trey Lance. Good prospect. Might be great, but... Or Justin Fields or... Or Justin Fields. I don't really know. I Mm -hmm. don't know. Tua Tungvaloa. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So, why not get a Matthew Stafford? When you have the team around... I mean, you know, as Angela said, we have the team. We don't. We're missing a quarterback. They yeah, went out, they went out and got one. Yeah, and they, they thought they liked the one they had. They just paid them a ton of money, but they got a better one. And by the way, the Lions—the last time they won a game that Matthew Stafford did not start, I think was 2011. Yeah, I, I feel for the Lions, man. That they, Rod Marinelli might be popping champagne when this season's over for the Lions. Ugh. It looks it looks bad. I'm sure they'll probably get one here somewhere, but. I couldn't tell you where, but yeah, Von Miller to the Rams is a, is going to shake up the NFC. This NFC is really tough, man. There's a lot of teams that are right there. Everybody has one or two losses, and um, you know, and the Bucks are still. I mean, six and two is not the death knell by any means. No. I, I had them winning about thirteen, going about thirteen and four. Mm-hmm. That means they could lose two more games. So you say, well, you play the Saints again, you play the Bills, and you play the Colts. Those are th- those yeah. are you know three teams that that you know. I don't even know you'll be favored in all those games, but you know they're, they're. I believe going back to when we kind of predicted the season when the schedule came out, yeah. that Halloween game at New Orleans was one that we circled as a potential loss. Now the potential. one, the one caveat we had said, and, and maybe the Bucks could take advantage, was that the Saints had to play at Monday night in Seattle before that, right. so they had a short week with a long flight home. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the games we circled as that's it. That could easily be a loss on that schedule. Because yeah. the Saints are a good team, whether yeah. it was Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, we, right. you know, we weren't sure who it was going to be at that time. But right. we know they got a good defense. We know they got Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. They've got weapons. 
That yeah. was, you know, that was one of those games at the beginning of the year when you said, "Hey, the, I think they'll go thirteen and four. That's a game they could lose." The other was the Rams in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. You know, that There's, was another one. Yeah, you'd Buffalo was well one it. we circled. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was, you know, the Philly game was one we kind of circled. Just it, you know, short week. Yeah, you know, you just you know, you look at trap games and things like that. Well, they lost in Chicago a year ago on Thursday mm-hmm. night to a yep. better, worse team. Yep. But we, I kind of had them at thirteen and four. I think you're going to have to win fourteen or fifteen games to get home field. I, you could win the division at thirteen and four, however, and you might mm-hmm. win it handily. I mean, here's the thing. You know, we said this like yesterday. Would you rather be? Who would you rather be? Would you rather be the Bucks who just lost, but are six and two? You're getting guys back. You don't knock on wood. You don't have any season-ending injuries unless Gronk becomes that. Um, and the schedule is pretty favorable, mm-hmm. except for the teams we just mentioned. Or would you rather be the Saints, who just lost their quarterback, and you know you don't really? I mean, you know, it's one thing to say, well, we got Taysom Hill, and we won games with him, and and Sean Payton has, but. I mean, at some point, these other teams, if the guy's a starter, you know, I mean, Trevor Simeon, if he's a starter and I can prepare for Trevor Simeon, that might be different than coming off the bench, you know. In some ways, he might have been playing with house money a little bit. He did a hell of a job. But that doesn't mean that, you know, when he becomes a starter, he's going to keep doing that. So I would rather be the Bucs because I could see the Saints Mm -hmm. struggling. Well, not only that, but but – the the last matchup with the Saints is at home, mm-hmm. where you've played very well this year, extremely well, scored and, a lot of you know, points. Yes, New Orleans came in here last year and won thirty eight to three, but that was a limited crowd. Yep, you know they're yep. they're going to have to deal with a full house now at Raymond James Stadium. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to imagine the Bucks are going to be pretty ticked off about the way they played in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, they will. I mean, last year you lost in New Orleans. It was the first game of the year. Oh, it was yeah. Tom Brady's first game, no offseason, no preseason. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was a scheduled loss from the beginning last year right. in that game. Now, the one at Raymond James, you'd hoped went better. But, you know, I, I think the Bucks will be motivated. So, you know, factor in everything. Yeah, I'd much rather be in the Bucks position right now. Yeah, no question about it. But, um, but yeah, the NFC is, is definitely getting getting tougher. The AFC, I watched Pat Mahomes finally beat – uh, win a game twenty to seventeen over the New York Giants. Not an impressive win at home in Kansas City. Man, the Chiefs got problems. They are they are not they are not close to the same team they were. I don't know how many games they're going to win or if they're going to make the postseason. But I would not fear the Chiefs if I were if I were anybody playing them. Yeah, it's not they very just, good. They just uh, you know I don't, the defense isn't very good. I don't know if 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 it's just Mahomes just trying to will his way to everything and it just isn't working or and I haven't watched enough of them to know. They just look bad. They mm-hmm. just don't look like they don't look like that that team that could gut you anymore and Tyree Kill had a pretty good day. You know, Kelsey couldn't get off. That's predominantly their offense. Um Mahomes threw a couple more picks. Uh you know, he still tries to fit balls in there that won't aren't, aren't good decisions and you know, so I don't know that it, it it's funny how, you know, it's it's hard to win in this league. It's hard to stay on top. It's hard to you know, to maintain that momentum, you lose players and, um, you know, teams make adjustments. But they are not they are not the team that has been in the Super Bowl the last two years, and I don't think they're going to go this year if they make the playoffs at all. So that's going to be something to watch. As is, you know, the Bucks injuries again. We talked about how uh, 
They expect to have Sean Murphy bunting back, or at least hope to. Carlton Davis maybe after the bye. Um, Antonio Brown even may after the bye, even though he's on a crutch last week. The guy I'm worried about all of a sudden is Gronk. I'm worried about Gronk from this standpoint, because I don't know what I don't know. But when Bruce Arians said that, you know, he played six plays, said he shouldn't have played, it was a bad decision, obviously, and said he had back spasms. And he was asked on Monday, are they related to his broken ribs and where he got hit? And he said, yes. Mm, that, because cause what you call, what, you, what he calls back spasms may actually be some kind of a pinched nerve in his back, you know, from the contact or what, whatever. I mean, this is a guy that had back surgery. You know, this is somebody who's had like 18 surgeries in his career. And I watched him, you know, like I said, I I talked to coaches before the game. Some of them thought there was no way he was playing. As as late as Sunday, they said, I doubt it. And yet the decision was made to play him, play him situationally. And after six snaps, he was done. So is a bye week going to change that? Not if what he's dealing with is related to his injury in week three. I mean, week three was a while ago. So, you know, if you can't get through a first quarter, you know, after this this much time off, there might be something in there that's, you know, not sound. So I don't mean to ring the alarm bells here, but I've been down this road a few times, you know, especially with a player that's had as many injuries as Gronk. It's still remarkable that he didn't miss a game last year. And he was off to a great start, and they really need him. Um, people talk about trade deadlines and things like that. Like, what if you lose that tight end? You know, um, I'm not sure, you know, just exactly where that stands. And we probably won't know until they do something. But that would be one that I would watch. Okay, so the trade deadline is uh, today at 4 p.m. We'll find out if the Bucks add anybody or subtract, which I think is less likely. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they beat the Washington Capitals 3-2, to two, looked good doing it. Andre Vasilevsky, he's great all the time. He was out of his mind great. He on, was on phenomenal the, Monday night. Uh, yeah, that game should have been – Washington should have taken control of that game early. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first goal comes just over a minute in, uh, hit off – I think it hit off Belmar and then went off Hedman skate into the goal. Nothing Vasilevsky could do. Um, actually, it was a beautiful tip by Hedman, just the wrong goal. Uh, <laughs> I mean, really. Great stick work. <laughs> yeah, it really yeah. was. Um, but he uh, he kept them in the game, and, and the Lightning, it wasn't their best game. I, I, I thought they played good. Uh, I, I think you know, I think Sorelli was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think McDonough was great on the back end. I know Phil Esposito really loved Chernak's game. Um, Kalorn was really good. I mean, a lot of good performances. Yeah. Um, some bad, bad decisions with the puck at times, and some. Braden Point had a few bad turnovers. Yeah. Uh, although he had a beautiful goal, uh, just flew by everybody. 
Yep. Uh, Taylor Radish gets his first career assist, uh, first career point in the NHL on it. Um, but, you know, the Lightning have now faced the Capitals twice. Uh, this was the Capitals' first loss in regulation. They're now 5-1-3. can't believe that stat. Mm-hmm. The first loss in regulation. That's, that's the a Capitals, hell of a yeah. start. Now, yeah. there's still two teams that have not lost in regulation. The Panthers, who are 8-0-1. and really? the, wow. the Hurricanes are 8-0-0. And the Lightning Goodness will face them next gracious. week. So, two teams that were in the Lightning's division last year and finished ahead <laughs> of them uh, don't have a regulation loss yet in this That's, part of the season. Those are good teams, man. They're not going yeah. away. But the Light- Lightning have now won three in a row. Yeah. And for everyone bad. who was panicked about the team, oh, I got my hand up. You know, um, it's still a work in progress, and they'll tell you that. Um, but I thought, I thought the penalty kill was good tonight. I mean, Washington's got a really good power play. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did give up the one goal. But uh, you know, went what killed three out of four of them. But I thought overall it played well. Um, they got a power play goal tonight. Uh, you know, it was a good performance. And John Cooper afterwards said, "Look, I didn't like all of our game tonight, but you know, they found a way to win. They, you know, your goalie kept you in the game, no doubt about it. Um, you know, he stood on his head tonight. I mean, you know, I, I know the building gave him the number two star, but he was the number one, one, two, and three star in my book." Officials from the Russian Olympic Federation were there. You think they like the goaltender to place for the Lightning in the Olympics or not? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I try, you know, when you got – Tryouts coming? Yeah, what? Well, you, Kuch isn't on the ice because he's hurt, but you had Vazzy and you had Sergachev and you've got Ovechkin in that game. So <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure those offers have been made. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really sick of Tom Wilson. He can go away. Well, I did. I I didn't. I kind of saw a replay from a distance, but I heard it on the radio. And you were there, of course, with Phil and those guys. They seemed to think it was an egregious bad call that they, led to well, a five-on-three goal. Uh, I, look, with Tom Wilson, I don't believe it was incidental. It was. Did he hit him that hard? Should have been a penalty. I. I, I mean, you know, by the, the the definition of interference, yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, was it egregious? No. But do I believe it was incidental with Tom Wilson? No, I don't. <laughs> and he's got a history of it. And then he just started going after everybody after that, including, including at the, the end of the game going after Chernak because he had the audacity to touch Ovechkin after Ovechkin tried to take his arm off. Jeez. You know, I mean, it's a hard team to play, man. That's Tom a hard Wilson's team just, play. you know, there was a point where, uh, uh, was it Sorelli or Point in front of the net? It was Sorelli. Sorelli, yeah. A shot went on net. Sorelli goes up to the net, stops in front of the goalie, didn't put a mm-hmm. stick out, didn't do anything, and Wilson comes and cross-checks him from behind. <laughs> and you're like, where's the penalty? <laughs> he did nothing. You know, if Sorelli put a stick in or something, okay, I get it. Yeah. Sorelli crashed the net. The goalie stopped the puck. The whistle blew. He stops. I mean, I'm, you know, I get tired of those penalties. I mean, that's that's the whole hitting the quarterback afterwards. Why are you, why right. are you, why when the play's dead and, and the player did nothing, why are you allowed to hit somebody? You shouldn't be able to. No, especially with the cross check. I mean, it's pretty obvious. No, and they're trying to that. cut down on cross checks, but because they'd already blown the pe- penalty on Wilson earlier and he he whined about it, they probably didn't call it again. Wasn't that the uh after Cooch came back last year, he suffered that cross check that was so Well, mm-hmm. so oh, yeah, that's why, that's why they're trying to cut down on cross checking and, and I agree with it. I never understood why you could take what your could, stick and reach out and nail someone in the back with it. I never understood why you're saying. allowed like, to do that. 
That's the least protected part of a guy's body, and he can't see it coming. But you're going to let them take a, a wooden hockey stick at full speed and just saw them in half. Like, yeah, I've never. It doesn't I mean, seem fair. T- technically, it's not a rule change this year. They're just enforcing it more. No, oh, okay. You know, but I'm, I never understood why they didn't enforce it before. I'm like, really? Exactly. Yeah, that's. It's good to see the Lightning winning again, though. That's mm-hmm. you know, they feel a little more relaxed. Yeah. There's a lot of new guys out there, a lot of new faces, man. You know, you know, uh, Brian Engblom and I were talking after the game. Really love on the penalty kill Pierre Edward Belmar and Matthew Joseph together. They showed up. They have yeah. been phenomenal together this year. You know, mm-hmm. we you know we've all know how with the chemistry that Coleman and Goodrow had for a year and a right. half here. Right. But those two together are you know just impressive as well. Um, and, and that was one of the big question marks going in this year. I mean, you know, your top two forward lines were back. Your top five defensemen were back. Your goalie's back. Your top power play unit was back. It was the penalty kill that you went, uh-oh, what are they going to do? And it's been pretty good this year. You know, and, and it starts with Belmar and Joseph, who are usually the first two over the wall. And then you get Kalorn and Sorelli after that. So you've got two really good pairs there. Yeah, they played well. Alex Kalorn, by the way, a five-game scoring streak, I think. Uh, uh, is it five? Four I think games. it's four. Four, games. four. Yeah. Four games. That ties, five, that ties uh, a career Four game high. goal streak. Four game yeah. goal streak. Yes. Five game scoring streak. Correct. I think yes. it is. Yeah. Four game goal streak ties a career high for him. So, yeah. Now, he's played really well this year. He and Stamkos I'll, have been the best two forwards, particularly statistically. But, right. Yeah. They played well. Mm-hmm. They played well. And you need them to. And you need them to stay healthy because, you know, that's, that's your continuity from the last two Stanley Cups. So, well, we're going to have a uh, a mailbag tomorrow. Uh, I've already got questions. You people, you, as Steve Dumig would say, you freaking people. <laughs> um, it's it, I'm telling you, man, I get into it with this Bucks Twitter. Bucks Twitter is a dangerous place when the Bucks lose all of a sudden, and they used to lose all the time, and sometimes no one would notice, but uh, they notice now, which I guess is a good thing. Um, but, yeah, get your questions ready, not just about them and the Lightning, obviously. Uh, the race later this yeah. week. We're going to talk to Mark Topkin. Yeah, we haven't talked to him since the race season ended. So we're going to yeah. get kind of a preview of what the Rays can expect this off season, and maybe yeah, even a little bit on the CBA. And that yeah. uh, you know, I fully expect a lockout December first. Not that that impacts drastically at yeah. that point, but uh, the CBA does end uh, in just under a month here. Well, yeah, maybe we can even find out where the stadium's going to go. <laughs> a lot of talking about Hillsborough it's, it's, City. Rick, it's stadiums. Oh, that's right. That's multiple. Yes, right. They're going to build a couple. Um, one in Montreal. Might as well go for three or four. I mean, why not? I mean, you know, just make it a world tour or a U.S. tour. Well, you, you guys spend all your summers in Montreal anyway, so why not, right? Well, that's, you where, go I, up that's there. where I go for the summer. Yeah, always. Try to get out of the heat, beat the heat. So you get your mailbag questions in. You can do that by uh, sending them to us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can send it to me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. We'll get those, answer them 100% correctly. Money back guarantee. Of course, lots of college football to talk about. Dan Mullen doesn't want to talk about recruiting. And we'll talk to a, Matt Baker on Thursday about that. Yeah, that's a that was quite a story that he wrote. Check that out in the Tampa Bay Times. And on TampaBay.com. So thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with your mailbag. For Steve Burstnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.